So let's get to this politics thing. Sure. Um, have you always... I'm guessing you've always been interested in local politics from the perspective of, you know, you want your neighborhood and your community um, to feel good to be, I don't know, like you're, you're just interested in making where you live a nice place. Yeah, that's part of it, but it's really more or less, I get so pissed off the way they spend your money, like the stupidest things. And I didn't really plan on running. Well, first off, let's go back a bit. It's, um, you know, you're like, you're a baseball fan. Some people are hockey fans. Sports is like my baseball. So I enjoy watching it. You know, you, I pay attention to a lot of different provinces and what's going on in there and federally and such. And, uh, you know, you just you start watching certain people and you see what they act like, just like you would any kind of sports figures. And you think I can do better than this guy. You know, and you're watching someone swing for a swing at something or, or do a whatever they call that stuff in sports. <laughs> There's the sporting stuff that they do. <laughs> those words that involve balls. Yeah. No, it's you think to yourself, I can do better than that. Okay. All right. So then when I saw that one of the local regional councillors was running um uncontested i thought well i don't want to be acclaimed so i'm going to run against them and you go out and you get 25 signatures you hand in your 100 and boom you're in the running but then it's the little things that they don't tell you so you have to start tracking all of your income and your expenses you have to do fundraising you have to create a bank account and then you get your inbox gets slammed with all these sign companies and people offering to do uh voice dialing for you and mail outs and all this stuff okay and let's let's those are yeah okay so let's 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 pause there let's go let's let's get a little bit further back you've liked to make these videos of traffic or cars or accidents in in brampton um is that you know was was that part of your growing frustration of where you lived yeah i would say so because every day you see something stupid and and you think you know what i should start recording this so then i got some dash cams i got well, speaking of dash cams companies send me dash cams all the time to review as well and uh i started making videos of that then i started getting i'd start mounting my gopro on the side of the car and catch videos that way and uh it just kind of grew from there like before you know it, those videos were getting tens of thousands of views and then i made a video about a stop sign in my neighborhood that just wasn't known as stopping at so at the time, I was watching a lot of Casey Neistat videos, and that was the first time that I really switched my style of making a video, like the way I edit it and create it and use it for shots and such. And then that video got like 90,000 views, and I put it on City TV. They picked it up. They sent a reporter here, and we shot a little thing, and then they ended up reaching it to the local city councilor and say, what are you going to do about this? And the city councilor had no idea what was happening. <laughs> I completely caught him off guard. And... Uh, that is what kind of started my getting interested in local politics. I'm like, how can this guy not realize that someone's going to die here? Yeah. You know, were, you, I, were you the type of person that would go to like council meetings or, or anything like that? Were you involved that way at all? No, I was not. But uh, after this, like after running, I've decided I met up with a bunch of other candidates who also lost. And we're going to create something called the Brampton Council Watch where we'll take turns going to council meetings and then putting that kind of information up on Facebook and such to let people know exactly what's happening in these meetings. Like there's one guy on Reddit and uh, his name is the Brampton recorder and he goes pretty faithfully. And I met him a few times, really nice guy, you know, but that's just one side of the story. And if you can't make it, that's why I thought if we get three or four or five of us all together and we just all take turns attending meetings, whether it's online or in person, then we can start tracking you know what's happening there and where our money's going because some of those are also most videos are online but to sit through like an hour and a half or two hour meeting it's like oh my god this is really dry so you need to highlight the the spots that catch someone's interest yeah there's a guy in toronto matt i think uh is his online handle is graphic matt oh, yeah. uh, and he yeah he is one one of a few uh people who cover like local politics so he'll have he has a newsletter uh that he'll send out 
Um, he'll he has an issue that's called uh, the lobbyist. So uh, he keeps track of all the lobbyists that um, that are in contact with the politicians. I don't know if it's a Toronto bylaw or Ontario where you have to register not just to be a um, a lobbyist, but you have to register all your meetings. They have to be public. Um, so lobbyist X has to jot down all of her meetings with all of the cat, even if it's a call. They have to log it down and it's public information so that uh, any resident of Toronto will know, hey, my politi- my local representative um, seems to be really busy meeting with all of these lobbyists um, or lobbyists about real estate or about Ferris wheels on the islands or whatever the case uh, might be. So that's, that's really interesting and he'll cover all the votes. Uh, that happened in council, and that's like um, I think I think he puts it up on Google Docs, and anyone can go in and and see how your representative is voting on whatever issues. Um, that's a great idea. Yeah, go go check that out. That that might give you and your group some some thoughts on some of the things you might want to cover uh, locally. You know, with and and local news is something you know that you don't you're not finding on. TorontoStar.com or um, GlobeAndMail.com. You know, you're not, you're not, that's not you're, you don't. You have to sort of dig and find somebody local, like you Actually, have on Reddit that that covers something. You know, that covers yeah, your. Yeah, well, each city has its own subreddit, and then they're controlled by moderators. And sometimes they get a little biased, or the moderators get a little heavy-handed. But uh, I did find a local paper, a local online site in Toronto. I think it was called the Local.co or the Local.to, perhaps. And it's kind of like a local online blog. In Brampton, we have one called The Bramptonist. And then we have The Pointer. And we have Brampton Focus. But uh, they all have a bit of a personal slant to them, a bit of a bias. You know, and it's still interesting reading, but there's such a, a desert of local news. And it's a real shame because, you know, you see CP24 and CTV combined, and then you got City TV, and you got these larger conglomerates which are owned by telecom giants and i don't think that they're really pushing the local news unless it's like a, either a feel-good story yeah or drake is popping into town <laughs> one of those yeah yeah you know and yeah. toronto and the gta is uh such an interesting diverse area i mean you get all like in brampton you know we have a high sikh population and then we have a lot of tamils and they all have they have their own media sources but there's uh a lot of lacking in the English ones. So I thought we could go out and promote this as well. And, you know, you, you don't make anything off it, but you're not here to make money. You're here to let people be informed, right? Absolutely. So you register, you find out you need 25 signatures. Um, they could be anyone or they have to be in Brampton. They have to be in your ward. Where, where are these 25 signatures coming from? Yeah, they have to be in Brampton. And uh, what they do then, you need, well, they, you need 25. My advice, if you're going to do this, get like 50. Because someone's going to screw something up. Because you show up there to the city hall to register and pay your money. And you hand them the stack of um, addresses and people that signed them. And then they go into this back room and they compare them to tax records. Yeah, so you wait like 15 minutes and you come back out. And they're like, okay, you're good to go. Here's your good stack and here's your bad stack. And Sometimes, uh, like I just squeaked by, I think, with 31. I think I had 45 signatures and uh, 31 were validated. 31. So do you go back to those other people and say, I don't think you're legal? <laughs> yeah. No, well, the chicken scratch, that's what it was, right? Or they oh, okay. The they can't read they, Yeah. They put first initial last yeah. name instead of full name, for example. So you can't go with like a M okay. dance. You have to go with a Mike dance or a Michael dancey. Okay. So like legal name. And it's not even like on a piece of paper, like proper forms need to be filled out by these people yeah well they send you uh they give you like the form that you have to fill out and a bunch of different sheets and then i photocopied a bunch of other ones just to make sure i had enough and then they hand it back to you along with this really thick book which i have back there somewhere of different rules and regulations and then from there you go to uh you know you're on your own for a little while no one tells you what to do it's not like there's a guidebook or a handbook telling you what to do but uh, then you're invited to the information session, which they kind of basically tell you where science can go. And they really went into depth in depth on that because 
when you start putting signs in the wrong place, it's a $25 fine for every sign that the city picks up, or if it's placed in the wrong area, and a $50 pickup fee. So say the city picks up 20, 20 signs, you want them, you have to pay $50 to go and pick them up. Plus, you know, you're getting fined 25 bucks per sign. Yeah, it adds up. And some of these guys, they're raising, uh, like the mayor, the last election, like so Patrick Brown, 2018, raised $322,000. And the guy I'm running, I ran against this year, he raised $72,000. You know, I raised 200 bucks. So the first thing I did after I registered, I went down, I talked to a customer. I thought, oh, I'll hit up all my customers because I'm in IT sales. And um, the one customer gave me 200 bucks and a couple refused to reply. I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to fundraise. I'll just do this on my own. So I bought like a used printer and like 10 reams of paper and I just started printing flyers. To go door to door. So I didn't have any fancy flyers. I didn't have any signs. I just went out and started okay. door knocking. So before you even went with now the 25 names of the 100 bucks, I guess you went before and said, what do I need to do to register? And they said, here's the, here's what you need. You need, you know, 25 names. These are the forms you need filled out. You need $100 payable to Brampton or whomever. Uh, give it to us by this date and you're good to go. Yep, it's all on the website. It's $200 from the mayor, $100 for city councilors. The, the forms are downloadable, like PDF documents. And then you show up there and you can either hand them a check or just do debit like I did. I don't think they'd take cash, but I didn't really, didn't really matter. Yeah, and then that's it. And they're like, all right, here you go. And you're like, now what? <laughs> so are you, talking to your, are you talking to your family? Are you sitting down and saying, okay, I'm going to run for, for councilor. I'm going to be really busy. Like, is there a discussion or, or do you all of a sudden show up one day at home and say, um, I'm running for counselor. Like, what, what was that? Yeah, I don't plan things too far in advance. And I don't give things a lot of thought before I do them. So I just kind of came upstairs one day and I'm like, hey, you know, uh, I was thinking, well, first off, one of our city councilors decided to go join, like she quit in June to go join Doug Ford. Like she was... Um, city councilor then became an MPP. And um, I got thinking, I'm like, well, should I run for her spot? But then I saw it was really starting to pile up. Like when you go to the website and you check to see who's running, and then before you know it, there was like 14 people there. And I thought, well, this guy's only just himself and no one's opposing him. So I think I'm going to do that. So I went and told my wife, I said, hey, listen, I'm thinking of doing this. What do you think? And she's basically saying, told me that I was an idiot. <laughs> so... She's like, why would you want to do this? It's a lot of work. And I'm like, yeah, but I have this mentality in life uh, where I want to try everything once. That's my only goal in life. I want to try everything once. I just want to experience as much as I possibly can before I die. And I thought, well, let's try it. What's the worst that can happen? And then my first thought was, uh, my only thought during the whole campaign was, I don't want to be last. And then... <laughs> <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Like, and after yeah. that, I'm like, you know what? I just want to show my kids that if I go out there and put an effort into this, even if it's a marginal effort, that they'll see results. So I recruited them as volunteers. I got some t-shirts made up that said Michael Dancy, candidate for Regional Council Award 7-8 here in Brampton. And then I realized that you can't exactly wear those and you're walking the dog on city property, which was my plan. I thought, oh, I'll just walk around all the city parks wearing this shirt. And oh, you can't wear that. Not on city property, no. Like you can't wear it to the farmer's market. You can't wear it to uh, like the area where I go do like to the dog park, for example. You can't wear it to uh, like walk on the paths. You can only wear them. You can only promote yourself on sidewalks. So I'd wear it while walking my dog in the sidewalk. But then, yeah, it was just a matter of uh, I was talking to everybody everywhere. Like I'd be in line at McDonald's and I'd start up a conversation with some guy. I'm like, so where are you from? And he'd tell me, I'm like, oh, that's my ward. And then I'd tell them what I'm doing. I said, hey, I'm running for this, 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 and get into a conversation at McDonald's, you know, or I just, I just approach as many people as I can. And to be honest with you, I was really, I was really surprised at how it all turned out. Like I was running a close second there for a while. And um, at the very end, I ended up coming in third, but I still got over 2,000 votes compared to the, the guy that won his seat back. Like Pat Fortini, he got 4,770 votes, I think. Second place got 2,900 and something. But he didn't really start ramping up until like the last week. And then you see his signs all over the place. I had no signs and no budget and no team. And I still got over 2,000 votes. I came in third. Huh. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, you're, that's pretty now, I got now, it seven people. Now you're thinking, eh? Are you, are you, are you, <laughs> like, do you start thinking, oh, if I just recruit someone to do fundraising, if I recruit someone to be my campaign manager, if I recruit, like, is, do, you, do your wheels start turning on, on what could be? Four years well, now that? it does. Now that I've kind of, I had a, a friend of mine works with Doug Ford. He's the IT guy there. And he was telling me a few options, a few ideas. And another friend uh, was a campaign manager in the past. And they told me a couple things. But in reality, I, I just ignored all their advice and just did what I was going to do anyway. And now looking back at it, I, what you just said there, I never thought of getting someone to campaign for my fundraising. I thought I'd just go do it myself. But if I was to find someone, it wouldn't be a bad idea, I guess, to say, well, whatever amount you fundraise, we'll split 50-50 or, you know, 30-70 or something. But I do, I call this a practice run because uh, my fear was that, you know, we have a cottage up on Wasaga Beach and Giorgio Mamaliti was running for mayor. Oh, did he win? No, he also came in third. Thank goodness. My plan was, though, if Giorgio comes in first, I'm definitely running for mayor of Wasaga Beach next oh, term. That was my plan. Fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. Oh. We'll see how this guy does. Brian Smith got elected up there. If he does all right, I won't run in four years. If he absolutely sucks ass, then I'll run up there in four years and just move my address to the cottage. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it's, it's, you know, when you get in the local, like, the guy running for mayor of Toronto there, Gil, oh, I, can't, I can't remember his last Penalosa name. Penalosa or something? Penalosa, yeah. yeah. I was really rooting for him. I thought he had a good chance. He seems like a decent guy. And yeah. If I could have voted in Toronto, I would have voted for him. Interesting, yeah. Um, this talking to people in McDonald's, in, in lineups, uh, as you're, you know, in the farmer's market, as you're walking the dog, um, is, is this the real Mike Dancy? Like, were you doing that anyways, just chatting with people? Hey, how, how about those leaves, those J's? Or was this like you coming out of your shell? No, I'm in sales. I talk to strangers all the time and it drives my wife nuts. And, uh, we'll go everywhere. Like even last, so last night was the parent, meet the parent or meet the teacher or whatever it was. So we went and spent like 20 minutes meeting teachers. Then we spent almost an hour just talking to, uh, people we didn't know. <laughs> So I, yeah, I just like talking to people. I enjoy uh, the same as you. Like, oh, are you kidding me? I could not do that. <laughs> really, you're doing this podcast? Oh, that's just me and you. Like, there's no one else. <laughs> I could. We. I went to. We were invited. Uh, so Humber College just opened up a new graduate school, um, and the company I work for, we um, we support a um, a scholarship. Um, and so they invited us out there, and I literally I went there. My coworker hadn't arrived. Uh, I grabbed a drink. I, I uh, you know, found a table in the corner. I just stood there. People with food would come around. I'd pick, and if if one of the uh, organizers didn't come up and start talking to me, I would have spoken to nobody there. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I'm I'm happy. Just yeah. I now go to, you know, events like industry events and stuff. And I'm happy not talking to anybody if I don't know them. Oh, I'm the complete opposite. I was always uh, in the dating world. I was always not just the wingman, but like the break the ice guy. So my friends would be like, oh, there's a group of women over there. Go talk to them. I'm like, all right. Or start small talk. And I would just get right in there. I'm like, all right, let's go talk to people. And then even now, like if I walk into a room and I see a small group of people or whatever it is, a big group of people, I'll just work my way in there and. Before you know it, you have like 20 people around you. You're just talking and engaging with them. Interesting. So you, 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 you said something earlier about, um, you know, they, you, you, there's a bunch of stuff you don't know. And you, know, you, you talked about like where science can go and where science can't go. I don't necessarily want to talk about science, but were there, were there stuff that you didn't know? You talked about having a bank account and keeping track of receipts and stuff. Um, what other things sort of like surprises? I gotta do that. I have to do this. Oh well, let me get at the list for you. Oh yeah, let's do that. <laughs> it was um, like I knew there was gonna. I thought that there would. The one person who I talked to who was a campaign manager before, he's like, "Do not go to debates." That was his advice to me because a lot of times, I am not a very politically sounding person. When it comes to words, I like, and I like to stick to one or two syllables. 
I don't like to use anything, any large words or any vocabulary that I don't use on a day-to-day -day basis. So he, he advised me to not go to debates. So that's why I was just going door to door to door to door to door. And I wasn't talking to large groups. Like a lot of these people would go and talk to the, their congregations at various churches or temples or such. And I had no groups. And it was probably a good thing because I offend a lot of people sometimes. But I do wish, like my one regret is I did not go to a couple of the debates, like the Brampton Board of Trade. It turned out to be a larger debate than I thought it would be. Like more people would be interested in watching it and invested in, in it. Whereas I've I've never really been a fan of uh, Chamber of Commerces or Boards of Trade or anything because I never saw much of a use in them before. But I do regret not going to that. If you're going to get into this, um, attend the debates. You know you have to. I did a couple of meet and greets with uh, union clubs, for example, when the union, the QB831, which is our local municipality union. I went to that and that was, I wish I would have gone to more because it was really enjoyable. Not only are you meeting the staff that work for the city and hearing what they have to say and all the frustrations that they're having, you meet other candidates. And that's when I started meeting some really interesting candidates along with Twitter. Twitter was like my number one platform in this whole thing. But you know, how many people do you know that use Twitter? Like you might, and I might, but I bet you the people that vote in your life don't. So it's an ineffective tool. You're just farting in the wind with it, really. Yeah, it was. Yeah, you learn to regret a few things. But, you know, on the positive side, though, is when I was out door knocking and then people would drive by. Like, I'm out going door to door to door walking. And people would drive by and they would stop their car and they'd want to talk to me then. It's like, oh, I saw your name or I got your flyer. What do you think of this? And then you're talking to... You know, you're, you're creating momentum when people are talking to you in the street. So that was the high point, I'd say, as well, too. And then you get people start following you, like, sending you emails and giving you words of encouragement. And, oh, that's amazing. Yeah, that's a lot of fun. And then I had a few TikTok videos. I mean, I thought, I thought to myself, well, I'll be the only candidate using TikTok because that's what I put as my social media platform. And uh, like I said, I have about 130,000 followers on TikTok. But the problem with that is they're all over the world. So you can't really narrow it down. And then a few videos got like one video got like 150,000 views and a couple got between five to 10,000, but it's not targeted. And then the mayor, the guy running for mayor, Bob Singh. So there was Patrick Brown, Nikki Kaur, and Bob Singh. And Bob Singh was using TikTok and he was getting like 500,000 views on every video, but he was dressed up like Bob the Builder sometimes. He was kind of like a version of the Ken doll that you just dress up in different outfits and it was more that people were making fun of him than him getting across a message. So I guess there's the right, you know, social media is not going to be the best tool for campaigning. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, okay. So are, were there, so the money you raise, you raise 200 bucks, you've got to sort of account for that and then account for, so even if, can you use your own, can you use your personal stuff? Like if I had a printer here, my own printer, and I went out and I bought paper, my own paper, paid with my debit card, and made flyers, do I need to account for that? I can't just say, oh. well, it's, it's my personal stuff. I don't have to keep account for that. You probably wouldn't, as long as the donations match the expenses, right? They're not going to... There's a level of $10,000 where over $10,000, you have to bring in a CPA to monitor your expenses. Under $10,000, you can fill it out yourself. So raising $200, I spent 65 bucks in this laser printer and I spent, you know, $100 on paper, say. And there's most of my budget. Then I bought my volunteer team lunch one day. You know, there's my 200 bucks gone like that. But I also, like, I already host a website with my own money. I didn't put that on there. You know, it's 10 bucks a month. And little things like the shirts, I didn't get a receipt for that because I paid cash to a local person that prints them, like one of our neighbors that makes shirts in their basement. You know, I didn't claim that. So there's a lot of little things that, when you're talking small-town politics, Brampton's not a small town, but when you're talking minor costs, I don't think they're going to come hunting you down with a pitchfork. But when you get into... Like I, in Brampton, we, well, they probably have it in Toronto too, but you can see the 2018 candidates and they file all their expenses. 
And it's really interesting to see the breakdown of it. I didn't start reading it until after the election, but you're curious to see where they're spending their money on. Like, these campaign managers are taking a large chunk of it as well, too, for doing what? That's money. You need big money if you're going to win. But I think that I proved to my kids anyway that, you know, a little bit of money and effort can go a long way, too. You know, you can hit above your weight group if you, uh, just put in the elbow grease. How much, how much time do you figure you put into this? I don't know. I mean, every weekend for four weeks, a lot of after hours. So I would say 20, 40, 60, 80, hundred, maybe 200 hours. Was this like another, would you consider this, like, was this all, almost like a part-time job you had on top of everything else you were doing? Oh, yeah. More yeah. than a part-time job. Like, on a Saturday morning, you're like, well, see you Monday <laughs> to your family. Wow. Because you'd leave at, like, 9 or 10 in the morning to go door knocking, and you're getting back at, like, 7 at night. And then... The whole know, gotta, day. Yeah, you got to And it's you. Kids. Like, were there people with you as door knocking? Did you have a, some volunteers? No, it was just me, generally. Like, there'd be times when I'd drop my kids off in one area. I'm like, all right, go drop flyers at this street. And they'd do it for like, you know, three or four hours. But yeah, I'd be out there after work and on weekends and just going door to door to door. And but I, you know, like I said, I enjoy talking to strangers. Like I, I used to sell door to door uh, stuff back when I first got out of high school. I couldn't find a job. So I got this, I joined this company where we drove across Canada selling door to door. Uh, it's called Spray Clean. Like it's like Windex. Yeah, and you really learn rejection at that point <laughs> at 18 or 19, whatever it was. Oh, my goodness. Um, what were what were some of the things that, uh, you know, similar to you, uh, you know, I, I, I enjoy following politics. Um, and, you know, some it's interesting what people will put in their flyers. As I'm, you know, I believe in a Scarborough that is this, this, that, and the, and I'm thinking you have no control over, you know, this, <laughs> you, you know, you, you don't have a vote on police budget or whatever, you know, a bunch of stuff that they'll just put on. Um, so like, as you're going door to door, were you sort of thinking about these as people are talking to you, you know, about all their likes and dislikes about, about city services and, and you know what were, what are people interested in, uh, talking to you about? Well, yeah. At the start, it was a lot of uh, neighbors being upset about speeding cars and people running stop signs and bad drivers and such. And you're like, okay, well, you know, those are little. That was my tagline: it's little things, big differences. So I wasn't there promising anything new, like a cricket stadium or anything. We already have a hospital on the go, and we have a university on the go. And the last council was talking about a cricket stadium. But I would just tell people, I said, well, I'm not here to build anything. I'm just here to make what we have better. But then people were talking about the little things. And I'm like, well, this it's going to take a bit of work, but we can we can think about it. And um, then I realized, like, my one of the videos I made, one of the TikTok videos I made was about speed cameras and how Edmonton raised $50 million off speed cameras in one year. Yeah, $50 million bucks. I mean, that's 10,000 houses paying $5,000 a year in property tax. That's a lot of money. But then I afterwards, I was talking to someone and they're like, well, you realize that that money is split 60-40 between the courts and the province. The city only gets a small amount of that. And I'm like, oh, well, throw that idea out the window. <laughs> you know, or uh, you, you say something, what did I say that? Um, oh, yeah, I was talking about giving homeowners a grant to help expand their house to make a rentable unit. And then I started listening to uh, more podcasts and like the region appeal already has a podcast called Peel housing. And as I started listening to that, I realized there's already a grant out there where they give homeowners money to help make their house have a rental option. But you know what? They're not doing a very good job of promoting it. Right. So that was my other thought. I thought, well, if I get in, I'm going to be the biggest voice that Peel region ever had. My job is, I'm just going to go out there and say, this is what we have and amplify it because they're not really getting that point out there. They put it on the website and they think everyone's going to read it. Well, they don't. So you need to go out there and like literally put it in someone's face and tell them what's happening. 
But yeah, it was, uh, I think the question I got asked the most in every door was like, what party do you align with? You know, at municipal elections or municipal level politics, you don't really align with the party. And that is what really makes it difficult, I think, for voters to get out there. Like, so when you're a voter and you see we've had like significantly, low, significantly lower voter turnout over the past few years, and that's probably a bit of, you know, we're just worn out from all these elections and watching all these politicians talk shit. But if, we, if there's almost a way of having a politician aligned as like a leftist or a rightist or a centrist or something, then it might draw more people out there. So maybe when you sign up to become a municipal politician, you should almost like pick a color, you know. It's interesting you say that, yeah. Because even at the school trustee level in my neighborhood, when I went to either their websites or their Twitter handle, um, right up front, they, you know, um, what do you call it? The supported by, they got um, recommendations. What's the, what's the political word for being? Oh, like a reference? Almost. almost like yeah i'm trying to remember the, the political word for that but yeah um but yeah and so i would see oh they're supported by so and so and so and so so i said okay that's our ndp candidate that's our liberal candidate you know that's our, our conservative candidate and here are a bunch of independent candidates and this is at the school trustee level um it's it's becoming so now that it's almost a ladder that these people see they say okay I'm going to start at the trustee level. After one year, I'm going to go for um, uh, the counselor, or if the counselor is like a strong incumbent, like it is in our area, um, I'm going to run for MPP or, or MP. And they almost sort of climb this political ladder of, of, of power. You know, it's not like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm really interested. My kid goes to school here. I'm really interested in ensuring that. You know, school buses and kids going into school buses that have safe places and all that sort of stuff. That's why I'm going to run for school council or whatever it is, right? Um, it's more like, okay, school council, and then sort of move up. It's really strange. You, it's like sports, right? You've got Little League, and you've got the OHL, and you've got uh, the AHL, and then you've got the NHL. So right now, we are playing, you know, like Little League kind of thing. We're not even in the OHL. Like, we're like phantom for example and as you go out there and you raise money and get votes then all of a sudden you start being seen so the political parties like conservatives and the liberals or the greens whoever they're judging you by how much money you can raise that's really what they're targeting they're like all right but how much did that person fundraise it's not so many votes you get like if i would have got ten thousand votes in one in this region then maybe they kind of would have paid attention to me but in reality, they're looking at something. Well, this guy raised thirty thousand dollars, and he came in fourth or fifth or whatever it might be. We should recruit this guy for the next um, provincial election. Yeah, so that's how they're targeting you. It's it's you know, it's not how much of a crowd you draw; it's how much money you raise, because they're really they're just greedy bastards. You know, the money's got to be taken out of politics. That's a problem. You can't really separate the two. Yeah, it's 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 very strange. But then, how like how do you then? Then you might have someone that is just just they just happen to be rich, and and they can afford to spend their personal money on printers and flyers and signs. Well, uh, there's a cap on personal spending. Oh, there is you as know? well. Okay. Yeah, you're only allowed to contribute. I think up to uh, well, it's eighty five cents. Well, the overall budget I think is like eighty five cents per voter, plus five thousand dollars or something like that. And then your own money, I think you're only allowed to raise up to five thousand or spend only about five thousand dollars. You can have a spouse, yep, you can have a spousal donation that's about equal to that. And then a maximum donation is like twelve hundred dollars from any one individual. But <laughs> you learn, like I said, it's money makes a big difference, but it's not the only difference. If you do have a good message, like look at Gil. I mean, he didn't have any signs either. He was using mainly Twitter, but he ran a really interesting campaign that drew a lot of media attention. That media attention, you can't buy that kind of attention. That probably saved him thousands and thousands of dollars. So, yeah, I still think that uh, one person with an idea who has enough ambition can go out there and make a difference. Um, who was the other person that ran for mayor? Uh, Tanya? Yes, I was gonna. I was going to look for her name. Uh, because I voted for, I voted in the morning 
for for Jill. Um, and then I saw uh, a video. I'm trying to look for her. Oh, name. where she was at the debate and just lambasted Tori. Oh, she was so good. I go, shit. I wish I knew your name beforehand. Yeah, uh, she did a Chloe. 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 Yeah, Chloe Formaire. Yeah. And you know, this is just the start of her journey because she went out there and she inspired all these people. And look at what she did with just her voice. And I'm really curious to see where she goes. She's gonna do really well. That's who the NDP should pick up, I'm telling you. The NDP like, needs to look at that person and say, you know what? Maybe not as a leader, but definitely put her in as a candidate in, like, who knows where, like North Toronto, for example, or even Scarborough. Yeah. It's um, it's interesting. I've, I've always had this inkling, do I run? Should I run? I said, shit, oh, money raising and uh, literally, like, outside of a job, everything else has to stop. Um, and in all that months, time, though. what was that? Only for a couple of months. Yeah, I've 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 tried to encourage my wife to run, um, because she, you know, she won't offend as many people as I will. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's 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 really interesting. I mean, yesterday I'm walking around and I'm thinking, okay, if Michael Thompson runs again as counselor. Whether I run or not, how does one beat him? And I'm thinking, I just need the data. I just need to figure out where he's getting his votes. So, I mean, I'm sure all of this is public, you know, in terms of each polling station, how many votes, um, and then where is he not getting the votes? And then do you just tar target all of those areas and get new people to vote um, that, you know, he hasn't, you know, promised this, you know, the sign in the mood to people? And not and not delivered. So I, I've thought of all of these things that ways of not necessarily me getting in or someone getting, but him getting out. <laughs> See, I think you would do well. You have um, you have a lot of connections. You have a you can amplify your voice. You can make it so that people listen to what you have to say. And all you have to do is like look through your back record, like your back catalog of podcasts, for example, to see where your opinion sits on a lot of things and who you've talked to and. Uh, you just ask those people for recommendations. Is it recommendations? We still haven't figured that word out. But uh, yeah, because they also carry a lot of weight with their audience. So if, for example, like when you talk to um, Biff Naked, for example, and say she would say, well, I support Krim Kanji for this. I mean, she's got a large audience and that audience is pretty left-leaning and, you know, I'm sure a lot of it's in Toronto. So you just kind of have to line up your ducks and put all the wood behind your arrow and deliver the, deliver a really tight, concise message and just have everyone behind it pushing that same message. Well, I, I know where I'd get a used printer from. I, I know a guy in, in Brampton. <laughs> <laughs> um, what have you what have you learned for your, your next run, whether it's here or whether it's in Wasaga Beach or... If you don't run the next person that calls you up and say, hey, Mike, can you help me out with my campaign? What lessons have you learned? Well, I learned that the incumbent has a bit of an unfair advantage because they're basically campaigning all year long. They're using the city dime to go to all these group meetings and uh, these group events and you know flag raisings and street name changes and changing, renaming parks. And they're in front of the audience. So it's a bit of an unfair advantage. And then they're sending out all these flyers right on the city dime. So it's really difficult to unseat an incumbent unless they're really unliked. So use that to your advantage. If you're going to run against someone, make sure it's someone that no one likes. And like I said, you attend all debates. Um, I would tell someone that nothing beats door knocking, though, like getting out there and talking to people. But you do have to talk to large groups. And uh, that's something I wish I knew before. So my wife was thinking of running for the uh, Catholic school board trustee at one point. And I was explaining this to her because she's really entrenched in the whole thing. Like she's, she attends, like she's the chair of her school. Then she attend these other meetings with other chairs. And there's a whole province wide organization of school trustees. And I'm like, well, you don't need to convince any of them, but you need to convince the parents, the voters. So that means going to these group events and she's also painfully shy. Well, she was really shy when I first met her, but now she's a little less shy. But still, um, 
you got to get over your fear of public speaking. That is for sure. You got to get over any fear of approaching people and talking to people. And you got to, as soon as you get talking to these people, you're opening up like honest conversations with what <laughs> drives them nuts. I mean, it's not like it's small talk about the weather. It's like you're right in there with whatever is really bothering them and what ideas they want to see addressed. So you have to be open with that. You have to be really ready to just kind of reveal yourself and your inner workings to other people. But that's what, that's what drives an interesting conversation, though. Were people interested in where you stood on issues or did you find yourself more listening to what their gripes were and sort of nodding along? Like, how did you, you know, as someone who's opinionated, how did you sort of balance, like, did you find you wanted to balance things to, to get someone on your side to potentially vote for you? Or did you say, nope, I don't, this is what I believe. This is what I want to do. Yeah. For one, for example, I was knocking, like I was knocking on doors and I came to this one house and there's this guy and he just went off on how all of Brampton's failings were down to the high immigrant levels. At that point, I'm like, you know, dude, if you vote, don't vote for me. I said, and I just basically told him this. I said, um, you've got the wrong attitude here. And this is going to drive you to an early grave if you keep worrying about it. I said, you got to embrace the change because change is going to happen. And you can't fight it because it's just going to give you a heart attack. And then um, I had a couple meetings like that. And at that point, I'm, I, you don't even bother trying to argue with them. Like, why sit there and waste all your time and energy on someone whose mind you can't change and you probably won't vote anyway. So you learn just to kind of like, well, walk away. Say, well, thanks for your time. Nice talking to you. And then off you go. And I just like saying stuff like, see you next Tuesday. Because, you know. <laughs> ah, oh, I just got that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's my mentality. That's my thought on it. I'm like, all right, see you next Tuesday. That's what Rick Mercer would say. But uh, yeah, there's a few people there that, annoyed me then there's a few people there you think you should be running because you're really have some great ideas and you present them well they're just afraid to get out and talk to the public really yeah it was it was eye-opening though and there's a couple of people one person i talked to and he's like well i don't vote anyway i'm like well you don't vote which is good because and he had this big house and he was like had a vote up front his big pickup truck and you know he's got a good life and I basically said, well, just because you don't vote, that doesn't mean that someone's going to vote against what you like. And they're going to come here and they're going to knock down your house and they're going to build it all into a big apartment building. And where are you going to go? And I really hope that that sank into them that, you know, if you don't vote, change is going to happen with or without you. So I think that I think that really sank with him because at that point, he's like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, we could rezone this whole area and make it all affordable housing. What are you going to do with your boat and your truck then? Where are you going to park it? And that, he just lost his shit at that point. <laughs> yeah, next Tuesday. <laughs> wow. Um, this has been really interesting. Really interesting. You have any... Um, I want to ask you, spend a couple of minutes on what's going on in Brampton. But before I get there, <clears throat> any, any stories... Is, is there, is there, I'm sure you have tons of stories, but is there like one or two stories of people you've met or um, meetings you went to that, I don't know, either left a bad taste in your mouth, made you laugh all the way back home or? Um... Well, I'll tell you one. It was So I'm door knocking in this area and I'm talking to this woman who was complaining about traffic, for example. And as I'm talking to her, like I'm facing her, she's facing the road she's in her doorstep and she just kind of looks like she stops talking and then she looks beyond me and her eyes track this vehicle following behind us and she goes that's uh that's the guy you're running against and he's watching us and then i saw him pull up to another house around the corner i'm like oh okay well thanks for letting me know like i knew who he was so we ended our conversation and i started walking towards him and i was putting flyers in the in the mailboxes and such and he looked at me and he turned away. Then I went to the next house, put the flyer in the mailbox. He's like, that's my daughter's house. And I'm like, well, did you want the flyer to give to her? 
I walk over to him yeah. and I'm like, hey, Pat, how's it going? And I said, I'm not here to fight with you. I said, I'm just here to give people a choice. That's all. I just want people to have an option to vote. And then he was, uh, he just went off in this tirade for a second. So this is the incumbent. This is the guy I'm running against. And uh, he just went off in this whole little tirade for a second about how much the mayor is paying me to run against him. And he's really paranoid. What? Yeah. <laughs> but it makes sense because, you know, there's so much shady shit happening in City Hall. But we talked for probably about 30 minutes, maybe 20 minutes. Yeah. And he was like, listen, if you really want to get into this job, this is what you have to deal with. And he showed me his phone with like the stack of emails and shit that people send him every day. And uh, we had a really open discussion about what working for the region was like and working for the city and everything else. And at the end of it, I'd grown a lot of respect for him. I'm like, well, you know what? If he does win, I'm going to still stand behind him 100% because I know he's got a lot of headaches to deal with and he's got to fight all these battles that are coming from all different angles. So yeah, it, it opened up a lot of, it opened up my eyes to what he has to deal with. And the election was just one more needle in uh, his ass that he has to put up with every four years. And, you know, he, like it's not like he ran for the money, but originally he ran to help people just like anyone else would. At least that's what you like to think. But then as you get embroiled in it, it's it's like when you're in Star Wars and you got sucked into that garbage machine and the walls are closing in on you and you got a snake at your feet. You know, you, you start to realize really quickly of just how entwined these guys are in bullshit. Or just the day-to-day -day bullshit. So we left after that on friendly terms. So when I met him at the QP meeting, greet, or I, you know, we shook hands and said hi and stuff. And then after he won, I went to his office and congratulated him, and we shared a drink. And yeah, it uh, it really made me feel more part of the community, though, just going out there and being around all these different people who are voting. Yeah, for the event, for the experience, I would tell anyone to try it, or at least volunteer for a candidate of your choice and get out there and, you know, give some time. Nice. So what yeah, is, you, you, you talked about some, sorry, go ahead. I don't want to interrupt you. Go ahead. Finish no, that's thought. fine. I'm, I was running in words anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me about some of the shit that's going on in Brampton or let's say you, you got five minutes to tell me about maybe some, not all of the shit, but some of the shit that you mentioned. Uh, you know, you've seen the news. I mean, Patrick Brown just got sued for $100,000 in the Conservative Party. I don't think he's going to be forced to pay that back because uh, really, what are they going to do? Take him to court? It's a waste of time and effort. But we do have concerns. I mean, um, they're, like we're talking about building this university. And right now, Patrick Brown has his own little cabal of people who support him. And all these people, surprisingly enough, all these people got elected. And they had a lot of funding. And uh, without going too deep into it, what happened was we had this university plan. And Patrick Brown's buddies were the ones creating the report. And we originally quoted $175,000 or something with this report. And it ballooned over $600,000. And people tried to force an investigation into finding out why this ballooned so much and why we paid for it. And then one day when a couple of counselors didn't show up to the meeting, Patrick Brown's like, well, we're going to just drop all this investigation and no one's going to look into it. And the gavel was dropped. And we'll never find out what happened to our $600,000. But at the same time, he was somehow able to raise $300,000 to run for the federal conservative party. Where did the $300,000 come from? That's my question. That's one of the reasons I was running too, because I wanted to dive into that. And then uh, the other person running for mayor against him, the whistleblower, Nikki Kaur, you know, she's not really bringing anything new to the table. She was just hoping to address the, the scandal and everything that was going on with the city's finances. Money's being thrown out left, right, and center. I mean, Brampton is it's such a – they're wasting their money. And, and it, that's why I think more people need to run. And you need to find someone that's going to be accountable for all these funds that are taking a walk. I can talk about that for half an hour easily. It just drives you nuts. Mike, thank you so much, man, for yeah, uh, for your time. Maybe we'll do a, a Brampton episode. Uh, Brampton you would have no shortage of content for that. <laughs> <laughs> this has been fun. Listen, congratulations on running. Um, that That is amazing. Uh, kudos to you for 
you know, for putting yourself out there. And um, yeah, looking forward to four years from now and seeing what uh, what you do next. I'm not going to hold my breath because you, you do a lot of awesome stuff anyways between now and then. Yeah, thanks. I, as usual, I always appreciate it. I like your podcast. I like to listen to what people have to say. And I'd like to see more people that even even if they don't win, the people that ran, I'd like to hear their stories because they all have interesting stories as to why they're running or what they're doing for the community. And there's so many people that do great things in communities, like the people that run the food banks and the volunteers for the food banks. You know, like they do not get the credit that they deserve when they're going out there and making these changes to the community and doing good things. And like even all the police officers that still do good things. You know, you can't lump them all in as bad people. There's still good guys out there. So yeah, I'd love to be able to just hear the voice of all the people that are doing good things. For sure. It's hard to get out there and hear them all though. Totally agree, man. Awesome. Thank you again for this. Appreciate it. Have a wonderful weekend. Enjoy uh, Halloween. Was that on Monday? Monday, yeah. On Monday. My kids' stuff. Yeah, and then uh, I don't know if you guys do any pumpkin parade stuff in, in your neighborhood on November the 1st. No, never even heard of that, but maybe we'll oh, try Oh, dude. It. So, <clears throat> I don't know where it started, but we've been doing it in our neighborhood for <clears throat> seven, eight years. And it's basically, everyone's got these jack-o'-lanterns and pumpkins that are all decorated that they eventually are going to throw out. So, uh, what, the, what, we, what happens here in Toronto is you register to have a pumpkin parade. Um, and so, there's a permit to be had. So, I don't know if it's 25 bucks or whatever. Uh, the city will drop off a massive garbage bin, like a huge one, uh, at the park where you're having it. Um, you invite the neighbors and everyone and, you know, you just, you, everyone lines up there pumpkins in in the park or wherever it is and that's your pumpkin parade and it's like a an hour two hours where you know for some communities it's the only time you get to meet people in in the community and uh, at the end of the night you know you, you take your pumpkin and you put it into the uh, garbage bin and the next day the uh, the city comes and picks up you know dozens or hundreds of pumpkins in one shot composting hopefully yeah hopefully <laughs> yeah yeah so that's that's your that's that's uh that's a pumpkin parade well that's our run on next time yeah awesome <laughs> thank you mike for this have an awesome day yeah you too thanks again yeah